Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you by Myers & Associates, serving the Midwest with industrial maintenance products and services. Call them at 515-795-3676. Myers & Associates, keeping your operations running. Hey, welcome back to another week of Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. This is Shane Vanderhart, and in studio, I have my very special, all my, both my daughters are special, but Kelby's the special daughter who's in studio today. Welcome, good Kelby Vanderhart. That, yeah. that was good. Yeah, that I'll was. show Lily later. <laughs> Hello. So, some big news this week for you. Your home. Oh, <laughs> that's are big you, news. For, are you talking about something I don't know? We, we, uh, we've got four people <laughs> living full time at home now. Hey, yeah, it's so, good. So, how was moving out? Um. Well, I lived on the third floor, so uh, moving out by myself was quite interesting. But everything fit in my car. I wasn't sure, and I decided that if it didn't fit, I probably didn't need to own it. So, I'm happy it did fit, though. Yeah. So, how did your first? You how had your first year at Hannibal Grange go? It went well. I mean, it was an adjustment. I was used to working full time, and you know, I, clearly living with you guys, but having a little bit more independence than a college life. You know, being able to meal prep and being able to kind of set your own schedule and things like that. So it was an adjustment, but I'm happy. Um, I'm happy I chose to go there, and I'm happy I also chose to uh, be a commuter and you know get my associate's degree somewhere else first because I feel like. That kind of gave me a little bit of an advantage. And less debt. And less debt. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. So one more year and you'll be graduated mm-hmm. and you'll be educated. Exactly those words. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, on the line we have a very special guest, and he is definitely special. Terry Schilling. He's the executive director of American Principles Project. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, Terry. Hey, thanks for having me, Shane and Kelby. I'm really excited to be here. Great, great. Hey, I, I just wanted to ask you, first of all, a couple different things I want to talk to you today about. First, you had some interesting things to say about the Equality Act. That's been um, uh, refiled. It was a bill that was originally filed. Well, it's probably been filed several different times. The last time was 2015, right? Right. That's right. So, uh, it, it, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just yeah, tell our listeners what the Equality Act is and why you're against it. Well, what the Equality Act would do is it would enshrine into the Civil Rights Act uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. And essentially what it would do is it would shut down Christian charities, Christian adoption agencies, hospitals, even some Christian schools uh, for not teaching children that homosexuality is equal to heterosexuality and also for not teaching them about gender identity and encouraging them to explore their gender identity. Uh, It's a terrible piece of legislation that would do so much harm, it would effectively end religious freedom in this country as we know it. And uh, it's it's one of the worst pieces of legislation I think I've ever laid my eyes on. So basically it doesn't explicitly say in the bill that, you know, schools, Christian schools, for instance, would have to teach this, but as we've seen that, you know, the uh, LGBT uh, folks want to see how they can just further expand their agenda into different things through the court system, right? 
No, that's exactly right. But they don't need to say it explicitly. It's 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 said by including it in the Civil Rights Act. Uh, so right now mm-hmm. you can lose your you know, public charity status if you deny services to African Americans or if you deny services to Catholics uh, based on their religion or uh, or their their race. Uh, and what they want to do is equate gay marriage along with all of this. Uh, even though, yeah, look, these are issues. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but the problem is, is that gay marriage and homosexuality and, and gender identity, gender identity is brand new, mm-hmm. but these are issues that we've had strong disagreements about all throughout the course of history, mm-hmm. whereas issues pertaining to race have always been smaller and they've been, they're more new, right? Because, we, you know, in the Middle East, you know, back when Christ was around, they, they didn't really consider race a thing. Race is a construction, a social construct. Um, and so it's not, it's just not the same thing as, as homosexuality and all this other stuff. And so these are things that are deep-seated and there are legitimate discussions that we should be having about it. And to punish people and put them in jail, shut down their businesses, fire them, uh, for believing that homosexuality is wrong or that there are only two genders, heaven forbid, uh, you know, that is what's really wrong. And, and what I would ask any of my friends who, are, who support the LGBT agenda is if you actually think that people should be fired for only believing in two genders, how, do you expl- how, do, how would you tell that to your grandparents who clearly only believed in two genders? Hmm. I mean, how would you explain that to all of our ancestors who worked hard and provided for for this whole country and help build it, you know, this is just such brand new stuff and it's so harmful and we need to do everything we can to stop it. Right. So absolutely no religious exemptions in this particular bill. And did they, did they address the Religious Freedom Restoration Act at all in it? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, they basically left, uh, left all religious exemptions out, though. Uh, I will say, though, that... A lot of times there, there's confusion, and I think that the left does this more than the right does. But they try and act like Christians or those that disagree with homosexual activity deny human dignity to those that identify as transgender or lesbian or gay or bisexual. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I love citizens as my, my fellow man. I mean, these are, these are human beings. I view them as anyone else in this world as a fellow fallen sinner that's imperfect and we're all just trying to get to the same place at the end of the day. We want the same things for our family. We just disagree on how to get there. And and that's what's really important is this mutual respect. We need to gain that back. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to be able to do it if we're calling each other names like bigot or hater or discriminator or, or you know, if you know, if, if the Westboro Baptists had their way, you know, we want we need to get rid of those guys as well. Right. Um, you know, these egregious words, and I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't say enough. Yeah, we're on the radio, so we got to be careful what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Can't quite repeat everything they say. Right, uh, but we need to we need to get rid of those guys. But in the same way, we need to get rid of Westboro Baptists. We need to get rid of the extremists on the other end, so we can have an actual discussion and work things out, and so that we're protecting the dignity of of every human being and not targeting people because they are Christians or have a different uh, view of, of how life should be. Right, yeah, it definitely shuts down debate when, when the name calling starts uh, because mm-hmm. we can't really have a rational discussion. And one thing I've, uh, you know, I've, I've learned over the several years talking with people who've been targets of 
this kind of action by the by the LGBT crowd, um, for instance, the Kleins in Oregon, they ha- they served homosexuals. Um, right. They had no problem doing that. The the uh, folks who ran the Gortz House here in Iowa had cl- had had customers who were homosexual. Mm-hmm. They had no problem. It's what people need to understand. It's like you know, I can serve you. I can I can bake a cake for you. I can I can provide flowers for you. But when you ask me to participate in or you know uh, cater to or do something for a same sex marriage, that's that's where my religious conscience comes in. Um, that's where now you're asking me before I could serve you because I'd serve anybody else. And frankly, I'm not asking you your your sexual orientation. Uh, but now, now you're asking me to to jump into something that and, and recognize something that my faith says is not okay, and, and it seems like people don't understand the difference. And it's unfortunate well, too because the dialogue has just gotten so ugly that words that should have weight don't have weight anymore. Like I don't know how many times I've been called a homophobic, and I mean that that word in itself is ridiculous because I don't run screaming terrified. You know when I talk to a gay person like that's. That's the logical definition of that word, but words like bigot and racist and stuff are just being used as insults for people you disagree with, and those should have weight to them, and they don't anymore. Right, and it, it's just those terms are used to shut mm-hmm. down discussion and shut down debate because I think that the, at the end of the day, they know that if there's an honest discussion, that if we're if we're just being honest with each other and just saying not only what we think but what the facts are, that they won't win that mm-hmm. uh, because this is. Look, they, they know that this has been debated over the, the several millennia, uh, and we've gotten to this point. It's not like homosexuality or transgenderism is new by any means. I mean, they had this stuff in ancient Greece and Rome. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not new. And, and we've, we've come to this conclusion after centuries and millennia of debating about what the best family structure is and, and seeing it play out and the practical effects. Uh, it, this wasn't by accident by any means. Uh, uh, you know, it's a natural progression, and, and, and it was given to us uh, in our nature. And, uh, yeah, no, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, and on the line we have Terry Schilling, the executive director of American Principles Project. Uh, Terry, I want to shift gears a little bit. You recently wrote a piece for, I think it was townhall.com. Um, That's right. About something radical. You you want to get rid, you want to get see the Senate get rid of the filibuster. Now, why in the world would exactly. you want to do that? Because it's it, it's a different time, right? So I view I view the filibuster as a really great tool when you have two parties that are willing to sit down, work out their differences, and build consensus. Mm-hmm. But that's not the time that we're in right now. What the time that we're in right now is a time of, uh, and I don't want to use this word, but I'll I'll use it, but a time of war. You have. Uh, one party, the Democrats, who are winner take all. They're, I mean, you see it in the in the LGBT fight, right? They call their opponents bigots, which is a terrible word, so bad. Uh, you know, it's like the meanest thing you can say about someone. They 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 claim that every bill that Republicans bring up is going to kill children, kill old people, uh, make people homeless, uh, give benefit just to all give benefits to the rich. We're not dealing with a reasonable uh, party. Right. on the other side that wants to work things out. Uh, but then on the other hand, you look at the Republican Party, and they don't want to fight. They're worried about their, their re-election uh, and, and maintaining power. 
And so what I think is that the filibuster is outdated. We should get rid of it just for this time. You know, the filibuster isn't a constitutional item. It's something that it's a rule that they invented in the Senate to build consensus and get something that everyone can support. Uh, but right now it's being used to stop the Republican agenda. And we're right. passing bills now mm-hmm. that fund Planned Parenthood, that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, mm-hmm. trillions of dollars being wasted. It, it's not it, – we were elected – to the Senate and the House and the presidency. That's, you know, there's somewhat of a mandate there. We should get something done. Barack Obama, I mean, look at what he did in his first two years when he had the Senate and the House. He got Obamacare done. He got Dodd-Frank done. He got uh, the stimulus. You know, he did all of this crazy stuff within his first two years, and Republicans still haven't been able to do anything because of this filibuster. It's not fair. And if anyone thinks for one second that the Democrats are going to keep the filibuster if they take the Senate, mm-hmm. uh, even if Republicans get, don't get rid of it, they're kidding themselves. That's, this is, yeah, they already showed a willingness to change the rules before mm-hmm. if, if, if they weren't able to get you know their judges through, um, they would right. change the rules. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And, and you know, one thing, I have to hand it to Democrats. They, sta- they stand united. <laughs> You know, you rarely see. Yeah, you rarely see any of them peel off. And here, when Democrats are in charge, and it's it's up to Republicans to try to maintain a filibuster, Mm -hmm. we always have people that peel away. Um, We can never do it. It seems like. I mean, and that has pros and cons too. Like, I mean, you want people who think rationally and don't think along party lines. But I liked your point that you know we're not living in a reasonable society anymore. People don't argue with logic and facts like they should and uh, you you make an excellent point including senators unfortunately <laughs> including senators <laughs> yeah, right right i mean in, in in case in point you had schumer filibuster against neil gorsuch mm-hmm. and the reason that's that's important is because not neil gorsuch getting to the supreme court would not change the makeup of the supreme court right it, it would not shift the balance of power by any means yeah, and just replace they decided Scalia. to filibuster. Right. So they're going to fill it. That, that says to me they're going to filibuster everything to stop anything getting through. And so we just look, if Trump doesn't get something done, he has to do something and have some accomplishments done. If he doesn't do that, they, Republicans will get swept out in the midterms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll, it'll be terrible. And we won't be able to get anything done for the next two years of substance. Right. Right. So. How, how likely do you think that's going to be to, for the Senate to get rid of the filibuster? I've already seen some speak out against that idea. I, I've been real uh, upfront and honest. I, I, I don't think it's likely. I, I, when I wrote the op-ed, I, I talked to my boss, Frank Cannon, and he said, oh, I, I like the message, but, uh, you know, it's a fool's errand. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that. <laughs> you get some right. press hits off of it because, you know, you don't, not, not many people are uh, – or, you know, talking that way. Well, the grassroots are, uh, some anyway. Right. And, you know, obviously there were, there's some have concern about, you know, uh, when Democrats are back in charge. But like you said, I have no, I, I have no faith that Democrats won't change. Um, right. Uh, you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. get rid of the filibuster if it suits them, uh, because they but want to ram things through. Look at what they were able to do even without a filibuster. 
Yeah. And, and, and I think that this is partially it goes along the lines of, of Republicans not being willing to fight. So even when we do have a filibuster, Republicans have shown that they don't want to play a game of chicken. They, they can't win the game of chicken right now in their current form. Uh, they're not willing to shut down the government, even though, newsflash, nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. found that out in 2013. Nothing happens when well, you shut down the se- government. It, because- it's only 17% of... They'll they'll put up some you know um, closed signs at the at the national you know national mall, which will everybody right. will ignore. Right, <laughs> right, right. No, no, I, that True. was my favorite thing at the government shutdown when when you had the honor flights come in and and, and the, the 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 activists come in and they piled up all of the, the the fencing around the World War II monument and they threw it over the White House. Yeah, yeah. that was that was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Well, hey Terry, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, if you want to learn more about American Principles Project, go to AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Again, that's AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. We appreciate the conversation, Terry. We'll have to have you back on soon. Thanks for having me, Shane. Hey, very welcome. Take care. Hi, this is Brian Myers of Myers & Associates. If you're involved in maintenance at a manufacturing plant, you know how costly it can be when a machine goes down. And if the reason that machine went down is because the electronic controls on it failed, it can really be problematic if those electronics are obsolete. Well, not to worry. We represent Providence Industrial Electronics Repair, and they can get your machine up and running in no time. They repair boards, drives, servo motors, light curtains, you name it. So if you need industrial electronics repaired at your plant, or if you have other industrial maintenance needs, give me a call at 515-490-2640. That's Myers & Associates, 515-490-2640. Myers and Associates, keeping your operations running. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Travis Rizvold of Modern Woodman of America. Call Travis at 515-883-0029 so he can help you find the life insurance you need. Hey, on the line, we have a very special guest. All my guests are special. Just, I, I just have to say that. Because in case there's a guest that's listening now, it's like, wait a minute. They're going to really offend somebody someday. He, for, he forgot to say that about me. Triggered. Yeah, they're going to be triggered yeah. around their safe space. <laughs> so, But Kristen Held, our next guest, does not need a safe space. Um. She is the a board certified ophthalmologist, and uh, I'm not even going to try to say that next word. <laughs> Ophthalmo- I'm not even going to try it. I'm going to. I'm going to. Tr- I'm tripping all over it. But she's a surgeon, eye surgeon. Uh, she uh, is a Phi Beta Kappa graduate from the University of Texas at Austin. Received her medical degree from the University of Texas Medical School, San Antonio. And then, following her internship in internal medicine and residency in ophthalmology, Dr. Held uh, joined the faculty. Uh, at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio, where she taught residents and medical students and served as director of the uh, county ophthalmology clinic. Uh, she maintains an academic affiliation as a clinical professor there, uh, as well as for the past 20 years has been in private practice in San Antonio. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys at this really critical time and what's going on with um, health care and medical care in our country yeah definitely good to have you and and you so you're from san antonio i i have i've 
fond memories of San Antonio. I did my advanced individual training there when I was in the Army at Fort Sam Houston. So um, many people were here doing their military service and training, and a lot come back here to retire. It's a great place. Yeah. Thanks for your service. Oh, yeah. Very welcome. And, yeah, enjoyed the river walk and, and you know, a good place to hang out. We, we called in the, mil- in the Army the Fort Sam Houston was the country club of the Army. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely, uh, yeah, people who got stationed there full time, it's not, you know, that's not a bad posting at all. Uh, definitely not. So, uh, as much fun as talking about San Antonio would be, uh, the reason we had you on is you uh, wrote an article, and you're, you're talking about things that I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about. And, and your articles make insurance honest again. What, yes. What, um, what do you mean by that? Okay, so there's everyone gets all sidetracked and we lose the forest for the trees. We're trying to fix a bad law, but we're not doing the things to address the underlying problems that'll fix it. We're almost like trying to fix it to keep the bad stuff going. And um, one of the biggest deceptions of all time is that the actual cost of medical care is so expensive that we have to have insurance or we can't afford it. Right. And that's not true. And we, we the bottom line is we've got to get rid of all of the third parties, I call them parasites, that are making insurance and making medical care so expensive. Once we get extract of the third party, and I guess you could say that would be part of draining the swamp, mm-hmm. um, once you get rid of that, the actual cost of medicine is much, much lower actually a fraction of what they say it is and then but it behooves them to have this deception going on because it scares us as patients we think Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i have to have insurance no matter what the cost and it allows the third party to keep their money making um scheme going and this has to be addressed well let's name names here who are these parasites okay so the biggest ones are the insurance bigger insurance corporations, and the second one is the hospital lobby. And, you know, if you look at what just got passed through the House, the big winners are those two groups. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things they do, it's really quite interesting. You know, when you get your bill, you open your bill, and you pass out on the floor first, and when you wake up, you (laughs) thank goodness I have, you know, then I thank goodness I have insurance. But in reality, the bill is never paid. What's paid is an allowable, and the allowable is a fraction of what the bill is. But people don't ever see the allowable. The, the, insurance, the bill that you get is intentionally convoluted, mm-hmm. and it's a difficult to interpret, and you see the price they bill off the front. Okay, so they, 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 the insurance company pays the allowable. They have to pay a fraction of what the bill is. Now, why do they do that, and how does this behoove them? The difference between the billable and the allowable is can be written off as a loss by the hospital, and this includes inpatient and outpatient care. And by doing this, there's, there's subsidies. So if you come in and you have Medicare, you get a bill for $15,000. Well, Medicare may pay the outpatient surgery center $1,000. So then the surgery center has $14,000 worth of losses that they can then report to government, and it's, it's classified as what's called uncompensated care. Hmm. And then through these disproportionate share hospital payments, the hospital then gets money from the government. It's our taxpayer money back as a subsidy 
And because they also report the losses, they get to stay non-profit and pay no taxes. Now, wouldn't this be great at our house if we could say our bills <laughs> were super high? Yeah. We pay them at lowered amounts, but then we get subsidized from the government, and we and we don't pay taxes. So they that's the game, and they it's called the Charge Master Bill. And guess who it hurts? It hurts the people that have high deductibles because of crummy Obamacare, mm-hmm. and it hurts people that are uninsured. Because when they go in without insurance, they don't get to pay the allowable. They get presented with the $15,000 bill. I had this happen to a patient of mine yesterday going in for cataract surgery. I, I have negotiated for my direct pay patients. I've said, I'm not paying, asking them to pay $15,000. Right. So I negotiated 1100 Well, the patient got accidentally called by the hospital, and they said, oh, you're going to owe the 15000 Well, couldn't pay that, but because I had already pre-negotiated for my patients, much like an insurance company would, mm-hmm. she could get it for 1100 Now, the difference is, I'm not an insurance company, so guess what I didn't get? I didn't get subsidies from the government, and I'm not nonprofit, and neither I'm not, and neither's the patient. So the people that are making out like bandits in this are the big insurance corporations mm-hmm. who negotiate the allowables. They still make a profit at the allowable, and we, as the patients, are paying the premiums, we're paying our deductibles, we're paying cost-sharing, which is a proportion of the allowable. So the insurance company isn't even paying all of it, and they get government subsidies. And that's what this new health care law kept in there. There's subsidies to the insurance company. Now, what they changed was they'll go to the state, but then the states are forced to pay the insurance companies with the federal subsidies. So they win. And then guess what else? The hospitals... They kept in the disproportionate. There were some cuts that have been put into these disproportionate health uh, hospital spending. Those cuts were taken out. Mm. So the hospitals win, the insurance companies win, the patients lose because the prices are artificially inflated. And we've got to expose this because we know that we can do this, the surgery, we can do the care at a fraction of the cost. Surgery Center of Oklahoma is a model for this. Atlas MD is a model for this. In my practice, I'm third-party free. I have a model for doing this without having to spend all this money. And think about this. Those very same insurance companies that say they're not making money, they can't be on the exchange. If you look at their pharmaceutical benefits management spinoff of their companies, Mm -hmm. the major four insurance companies had $250 billion in profit by denying and delaying and controlling our medications. And people are going without their meds because insurance companies, in my mind, are practicing medicine without a license. We call it the corporate practice of medicine. And they're profiting. But, you know, that's what a business does. A business is not a doctor. Right. The insurance-patient relationship, the insurance-client relationship is not the patient-physician relationship. And that's where the problem lies. You're listening to Caffeinate Thoughts Radio, and on the line we have Dr. Kristen Held. Uh, we're talking about uh, the whole problem with health care costs and health insurance and, and Obamacare and American uh, Health Care Act. And, yeah, I, I, one thing that's been refreshing to hear from you, Dr. Held, as well as uh, some others that have been on the show and, and I've, just, I've, I've seen, nobody's, talk, nobody's wanting to address the actual cost of health care. It's always... We're always talking about health insurance, and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said something about you know uh, what insurance is, decides to cover and not cover. Just uh, just with my own family, um, without getting into a lot of details, obviously on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but my you know uh, 
we had to delay uh, refilling a prescription for my wife because the insurance company, we had to wait several more days for the insurance company to, again, be willing to pay for it, even though her prescription ran out and needed to be refilled. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. You know? It's, well, they really do. They have, um, They. I think that it's a dishonest, deceptive, and actually unethical business model mm-hmm. where they use some techniques like that. That's called a quantity limit. And so they'll say, oh, yeah, we cover your meds, but, you know, if you don't get enough, then they say, well, when you have to refill them, you have to pay full retail costs, which is markedly inflated because of all of their pharmaceutical billing and rebate games, or you go without. Right. So I have patients that they'll run out of their eye drops after cataract surgery, and they'll go in to refill it, and they'll want $150 for a teaspoon of drops. Well, the patient can't afford that. Right. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so guess what? Sometimes they go without, and then if they get an infection or have a problem after surgery, I feel like that is the, the insurance company becoming, suddenly they're practicing bad medicine and they're harming the patient. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't help you to have insurance when the insurance is making your medical care worse. And it's just like all of this talk recently about pre-existing conditions. The people that are hurt the most are people that have pre-existing conditions because there's mm-hmm. been that race to the bottom where the insurance companies don't want the sickest patients. Right. So they try to make the crummiest plan that they won't pick because if you have a good plan and the sick people pick you, then you have all the sick people. So it's a very perverse, ongoing scenario that we really need to stop because, as your point is, there's a difference between insurance, which is hedging our risk against catastrophic be lost mm-hmm. versus prepaid medical care. And people that have pre-existing conditions know they're already sick. They know they need their insulin. They know they need their test strips. They know they need their asthma treatment. Right. That's different. And also, that's not, um, that's really not a pre-existing condition like something like, you know, you know, stage four cancer. Um, and, and what's sad is those patients with stage four cancer, you know, a lot of these quote-unquote Obamacare plans and such, um, the good hospitals aren't on them, the cancer hospitals. The oncologists aren't on them. They have yeah. such restricted networks that you are paying for an expensive policy that gives you nothing. So wow. that's very, very sad. So how? what kind of reception, we just have a couple minutes left, what kind of reception are you getting from um, your colleagues when you talk about stuff like this? Good. Um, we can bring the cost down. We can provide the cost at a fraction of the cost, but everybody's afraid to do it. And because if you don't play this game, if you don't do all the things that the insurance companies say, you cannot be in network. And I'm actually losing patients because I'm not in network. I'm out of network. And so patients are paying for insurance. I'm not on their list. They're like, oh, gosh, I can't come to you. But the irony of it is is that many times seeing me is far less than using their insurance. So, you know, I was talking about earlier the $15,000 bill. If they're, if they're allowable, if their deductible is 5000 and the insurance negotiated $4,000, they will pay $4,000 out of their own pocket using their insurance. If they come see me, they'll pay 1100 Right. So we need to address, we need to address the real cost of medical care. We need to get third party out and get them out of practicing medicine. And we need to fix this right for the patient. So first, just like a minute left, first step that, is there anything the government can do or is this something that has to be just done at the private sector level? 
Well, what the government needs to do is quit subsidizing the insurance companies and rewarding them. They need to expose the truth. They need to have transparency. We need to be able to know what it's costing us, what is available, what's the allowable. They need to get rid of that fake charge master bill, and they need to have transparency, and they need to empower the patient to use their own health care dollars wisely. And that's going to take tax reform, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's going to take some of the things they did, like increasing what you can put in your health savings account. But they need to get take the insurance companies and the hospitals out of the driver's seat and put the patients and physicians who are providing the care on the front lines first, and that's not happening. And we have to demand that. We voted in repeal, and um, we need to demand that by, by talking to our legislators. Well, thank you, Doctor Held. That's uh, thank you for that important message, and and we definitely yeah, need to address costs. And you have some great ideas that I hope are, that, that discussed further. Well, this, thank you for having me on. And you're very welcome. Able to talk about it. Hi, this is Brian Myers. When I needed a better life insurance plan, I found it with Travis Riswold of Modern Woodman of America. When I first met Travis, he wasn't like some other life insurance agents that can be pushy and try to get you to buy something. Travis just made himself available to me. That was it. He told me to let him know if and when I needed anything, and he stayed in touch. When the day came and I did need to make some changes with my life insurance, Travis met with me and walked me through several options so I could make an informed decision. Ultimately, it was the best decision for my situation. So if you need a better or the best life insurance plan for you... Call my friend Travis Riswold with Modern Woodman. His number is 515-883-0029. Travis Riswold with Modern Woodman. He can help you find the life insurance you need. Call him at 515-883-0029. Welcome to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio, a stimulating look at culture, current events, faith, and politics from a Christian and conservative point of view. We don't just talk on the radio, we blog too. Check us out at caffeinatedthoughts.com. Now grab a cup of coffee and join us. This is Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. And welcome back to Caffeinated Thoughts Radio. Caffeinated Thoughts Radio is brought to you in part by Crosswalk Ministries with Scott Owen, who offers biblical counseling and conciliation. Contact them at 515-635-5465. Go to crosswalkcounseling.org. Well, we're just going to do a, a news rundown, third segment. Uh, first thing is, is a story that actually uh, Brian brought to my attention this week. Uh, the person that reported it was the one who actually experienced it, Rick Green mm-hmm. um, at rickgreen.com. Not entirely sure who he is. It's not mm-hmm. somebody I was familiar with. Familiar. Uh, but it, this story is amazing. He said, bravo to Staples for having a policy that allows their employees to refuse service to people with which they disagree. A few days ago, they called my flyer about our high school government course obscene, pornographic, or dangerous. That's right. According to Staples, teaching kids about the three branches of government and the First Amendment is obscene, pornographic, or dangerous. Anyone else see the irony in this? We constitution-loving, free enterprise-supporting Christians believe that the First Amendment allows private businesses and excuse me, private individuals and businesses to associate with whom they wish do business with whom they wish, and yes, refuse to do either of those things if they wish. Yet Staples refused to print our flyer for teaching people that Staples has a right to refuse to print our flyer. 
<laughs> you might have to read that last line again, which I will. Yes, Staples refused to print our flyer. We're teaching people that Staples has the right to refuse to print our flyer. <laughs> I must admit I got a chuckle out of the whole thing. Staples employee was pretty worked up about how wall builders and the Christian patriots believe our faith should be allowed in the public square, including politics. Guilty as charged. Fortunately, I took my flyer to a printer that did not mind doing business with Christians and even managed to get twice as many flyers for about the same price. Staples charged me, so all things work together for good once again. Romans 8.28. So, on the Twitterver- in the Twitterverse... Trump's Twitter goes back to normal. If you may remember last, uh, not last week, the last time I hosted, I was actually out last week. The week before, I mentioned uh, President Trump's Twitter feed was getting kind of boring. <laughs> I spoke too soon, apparently. How dare he tweet like an average politician? Yeah, right, right. So, and this time he actually did it in the evening. Usually his 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 best tweets come in the wee hours in the morning, um, but he's he must be. Uh, Sleeping more or something. I don't know. We sure hope so. Yeah. For the good of the country. On. on, Get some sleep. Yeah. On May 2nd, he tweeted, FBI Director Comey was the best thing that ever happened to Hillary Clinton, and that he gave her a free pass for many bad deeds. The phony. And then there's a continuation. Trump-Russia story was an excuse (laughs) used by the Democrats as justification for losing the election. Perhaps Trump just ran a great campaign. I love it when he refers to himself in third person. I know. I will never get over that. He is pretty much the only person I know who continuously, not just once or twice, refers to himself in the third person. Yeah. So the context, if you're wondering what what he's you know, bloviating about, Hillary Clinton, you know, again, lost to in 2016 to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Clearly. It seems like everybody's embraced this fact except her. Um <laughs> She still can't accept that maybe it was her and her awful campaign that did it in. You know, I've seen some media blame her husband, uh, President Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, which, you know, certainly he played a, a role in it, I think. Mm-hmm. He he, uh, he was pretty quiet on the campaign, though. Pretty, I mean, no, he was, it was more, stumping. It, it but, was more, it's yeah. more of the advice he was given. Actually, mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the advice I heard he was giving, I thought was actually pretty good. Because, you know, Bubba knows how to win over those, you know, uh, blue-collar workers. And he was pointing out the fact that they needed to really campaign harder for those blue-collar workers. And I think his his advice gone uh, was ignored. But on Tuesday, Clinton again blamed WikiLeaks, blamed FBI Director James Comey for a loss, blamed everybody except the person she looks at in the mirror. Hillary Clinton lost because, well, she's Hillary Clinton. And she ran a lousy campaign. I love how she was talking about, I think it was October. If the election had been in October, she would have won. I saw somebody, I don't know if it was Twitter or Facebook, but somebody said, yeah, and if the Super Bowl ended in the third quarter, the Falcons would have won as well. So clearly life doesn't work that way. Right. So uh, President Trump wrote an executive, he uh, released an executive order on religious liberty. And basically... This uh, does three things. Um, He first directs the Department of the Treasury, the Secretary of the Treasury. He says, shall ensure to the extent permitted by law that the Department of Treasury does not take any adverse action against any individual house of worship or other religious organization on the basis that such individual organization speaks or has spoken about moral or political issues from a religious perspective, where speech of similar character has consistent with law, not ordinarily been treated as participation or intervention 
in a political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to a candidate for public office by the Department of Treasury. What does this do? Absolutely nothing. The Johnson Amendment stays intact. Lawyers are still going to advise churches and, and different religious nonprofits to not endorse candidates, mm-hmm. not get involved in political As speech. Yeah. It does absolutely nothing. Um, Makes for a good press soundbite right. for a the, little bit. The second thing it does, the secret, he, said, he, he wrote in his executive order, the Secretary of the Treasury, the Secretary of Labor, and the Secretary of Health and Human Services shall consider issuing amended regulations consistent with applicable law to address conscience-based objections to the preventative care mandate in Obamacare. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shall consider. <laughs> wow, that's strong language. <laughs> How about they sh- will do that? Uh, uh, this, again, does nothing, folks. Sometimes I think that the lawyers and the people who write the legislation need to go back to school right. and yeah, figure out what words actually mean. Ah, then the last thing this quote-unquote does, the Attorney General, General shall issue guidance interpreting religious liberty protections and federal law in order to provide guidance for all the federal agencies. What do they do now? What does he do now? Does he not provide guidance? It does, again... Vague, nothing <laughs> does nothing. Well, first of all, let's let's to be fair to President Trump, a an executive order is going to be able to do very little anyway because this is in law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress needs to act, but he's made some several promises on the campaign trail, and he needs to lead on this. Um, so you know he needs to make sure that he's he keeps religious liberty on the forefront. There's a lot of things this didn't address. This didn't address any of the issues with LGBT mm-hmm. folks and, and what, you know, it doesn't protect Christian bakers and florists who are being persecuted uh, by different states um, because they, they uh, are, you know, want to protect their religious conscience. So there's no protection for that. It doesn't even address the armed services and chaplains mm-hmm. who need religious liberty protection. That's something he could change, yeah. like right now, and he can order it. And there doesn't need to be a change in law because mainly things that are going on in the armed forces is because of the, the last administration mm-hmm. via executive order. Last thing uh, in the news uh, rundown, Iowa's last individual insurance provider is set to drop out of the market. Uh, uh, Medica, uh, a company I'd never even heard of, is based out of Minnetonka, Minnesota, alluded that the instability in Iowa's individual insurance market may cause them to pull out. Uh, Aetna and uh, Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield has already pulled out. And if Medica pulls out, basically we're going to see about 70,000 Iowans uh, not lose their insurance. And there will be, if you are self-employed or somehow your company does not provide medical insurance, uh, sorry for you if you live in Iowa uh, because there's no buying insurance across state lines. So... Uh, you're just you're just out of luck. Which is such an easy solution. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, thank you, Obamacare, <laughs> for all the wonderful work you've done. Yeah. So that's the news rundown, anyway. And I have time left. What What's up with that? I never have time left. I usually have to drop a story. <laughs> 
I just talked too fast. You were apparently. hustling. I was. Yep. I, I wanted to get to it all because it's important. It is important. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure our listeners are the most informed people in the world. <laughs> hey, this is Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment for a very special announcement. That well-intentioned friend just crushed you with her careless words about your lost loved one. You know she wants to help, but she just doesn't get it. Where can you find comfort and peace for your time of grieving? I'm Scott Owen with Crosswalk Ministries of Central Iowa, and it's time to pause for peace. The journey through grief does not need to be done alone. Our ministry is one of several in the area that offers a grief support group called GriefShare. It meets weekly to help you face challenges and move toward rebuilding your life. Each GriefShare session has three distinct elements, video seminar with experts, support group discussion with focus, personal study, and reflection. To discover more about GriefShare and where you can find a group near you, call Crosswalk Ministries at 515-635-5465 or visit online at crosswalkcounseling.org. And welcome back to Caffeine Thoughts Radio. This segment, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'd like to take time to, first of all, to introduce two new sponsors to Caffeine Thoughts Radio. Uh, welcome to Iowa Right to Life, as well as American Principles Project. Iowa Right to Life is the largest pro-life organization in Iowa, and their mission is, is to encompass within the protection of our laws all human life, born and unborn, at all stages of biological development from fertilization to natural death. So I encourage you to go check out their website at iowartl.org. Again, that's iowartl.org. Now, American Principles Project, you obviously heard from Terry Schilling, who works for mm-hmm. them in full disclosure. I, I work for them as well. They're a client, so... Um, American Principles Project recognizes the dignity of the person as the basis of the founding principles of the United States. They're committed to the declaration made by the founding fathers that we're all created equal, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, and among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, you can learn more about them at AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Again, that's AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. And I, it's been. I've worked with them since 2010, uh, working on mainly on on education uh, policy issues, uh, Common Core, uh, primarily as well as uh, federalized education and returning control of education back to the state and local level. But we we really appreciate our sponsors. Uh, we could not exist. We could not air this program without our sponsors. You may not be aware of how uh, Christian Talk Radio works. Uh, but they don't pay me to be here. Believe it or not, I, I, I actually have to. We we pay for the privilege to be on the radio, and we love doing it. And because we think, uh, you know, we want to to add something to the airways, and we think we have something uh, of value to offer to our listeners. Uh, but we, you know, we have an, a need. Uh, we pay week. Or we have there's a weekly cost to being on on the air every week. Um, Last fiscal year, we ended up with a somewhat of a deficit. We're starting this fiscal year. The Truth Network, by the way, works on a May 1 to uh, April 30th or 30th, right, uh, fiscal year. So we're starting a new fiscal year. This fiscal year, uh, we're starting in better shape, but we still need support from listeners like you to keep the show on the air. Two ways you can help. First of all, you can sponsor 
a week of our show. Sponsoring a, a week of our show costs $150. Uh, using uh, there's a forum on caffeinatedthoughts.com. Uh, if you go to uh, the if you go to caffeinatedthoughts.com, you click on CT Radio and you'll see it in the sidebar. It says sponsor a week of our show, and the forum there lets us know what Saturday you would like to sponsor. You give us a first or, or a second choice and a second choice of dates, unless it doesn't matter. In that case, you can leave those fields empty, and. And what you'd like us to say on the air to acknowledge your sponsorship. Uh, we do reserve <laughs> the right to approve all messaging. Uh, okay. It's, it, and a, as a way to say thanks, we'll send you a Caffeinated Thoughts mug. Um, it's a very, it's a, a great mug. Um, so I, I already had somebody had got one sent. It's like I use it all the time. So I was happy to hear that anyway. So go to CaffeinatedThoughts.com, click on CT Radio, and then click on the sponsor a week of CT Radio in the sidebar. That's one way you can help. Also, a second way you can help is refer us to businesses, organizations, or churches that may want to become a monthly sponsor. Uh, again, you can go to caffeinatedthoughts.com and click on Advertise at the top of the page if that's something that you'd be interested in. And there's all sorts of different options, and not just radio sponsorship, but also uh, av- uh, web advertising as well. Because uh, <clears throat> if you haven't heard, we do have a website, uh, <laughs> and we do blog daily on it. So. I, again, I you know, I don't want to talk about this a lot, but it's something in the three years we've been on the air, we've never mentioned it. Um, so if you'd like to help out, we'd appreciate uh, all the partners we can get. Uh, so those are two ways you can help. Uh, if you have any other ideas or questions about that, feel free to email me at shane at caffeinatedthoughts.com. That's shane at caffeinatedthoughts.com. You can even give me a call at 515 321 5077. Again, that's 515-321-5077. We appreciate our sponsors, but we also appreciate you, the listeners, because, well, without you, it wouldn't be worth, you know, worthwhile doing what we do. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, we uh, appreciate bringing this show every week, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>